Hello and welcome to the New Hope Church Podcast. You're listening to our series, Anxious for Nothing. Don't forget to check us out online at www.newhopechurch.tv. And we'd love to connect with you on social media at New Hope Church TV. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. We are here for week two of our series, Anxious for Nothing, where we are walking through Philippians chapter four, four through eight, and also bringing in some insight from Max Licato's book of the same name. Now, last week, Tim got us started by having us read the whole section of scripture together. I thought, man, what an awesome idea, and so I want to do that again, but this time, even though I know you just got settled, I'd love for you to stand up with me, all of our campuses, stand up with me as we read God's Word together. We ready to go? Everybody loose? Ready to go? All right, here we go. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Man, y'all sound good. Go ahead and be seated, please. I love reading that together. I also love that Pastor Tim challenged us to begin to start memorizing this very important section of Scripture. So since he threw out the challenge, I must ask, I know that you don't have it yet, but has anyone started trying to memorize it? Got a couple? Sorry. Congratulations, you few. Everybody else, get on board. Now, I know what you're thinking. Hey, Howard, that's a lot of words. I'm not very good at memorizing. I get it. 98 words in that, in that section of Scripture we just read. But repetition is the key. It really is. Repetition is the key. I know that because Garth Brooks, Friends in Low Places, 320 words. And I know there's a lot of you that know every word to that. <laughs> All right? So repetition is the key. Uh, and like we learned last week, anxiety is also something that we all deal with at different times in our lives. And I'm just going to tell you that you having this memorized, you having it at the forefront, keeping it close, that's the thing that might be the key to keeping anxiety as merely a problem in your life versus being a prison in your life. So repetition, repetition. Now, most folks, I will stand here and admit to you that I do have periods of anxiety. There are times in my life when my anxiety level is almost palpable. And uh, it is not a constant thing in my life, a constant thing that weighs on me. But there are times when I freak out and and I'm worried about stuff and I just hardly even recognize myself. Um, At our recent staff meeting that Tim mentioned, he tasked the CPs, the campus pastors, to work on a project as a group. He said, I want you guys to rethink some of our processes. He said, so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to break it. Don't be afraid to start over. Don't be afraid to try something new. And I kid you not, every time he looked at me for the next two days, I'm at my table over there going, (laughs) I mean, it was crazy. 
I shouldn't have been surprised that when we came in the next week, he said, hey, Howard, I would love for you to teach one of our weeks on anxiety. So... <laughs> You've heard of uh, preaching to the choir. Today we're actually preaching to the pastor. But uh, I, I am excited. I am so excited to see what God can accomplish as we dig into his word, as we go into our verse for the day. But first, I want to take a quick look back at last week in verses 4 and 5. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Now, we talked about how we find peace when we stand between those two pillars. Remember, God's goodness and God's control. And we will find peace. We will find peace when we can hold on to the fact that God is good all the time and that God is in control. And when we give our anxiety to him, realizing that we were never really in control in the first place, when we trust that God is always good and, when we, and he will use every situation for our good, when we do that, we will find peace. And this week we're going to take it a step further. We're going to move on to verse 6. It's, it is, as we talked about early on, the most quoted verse ever. Do not be anxious about anything. Hey, you, don't be anxious about anything. Uh, but I love verse 5 as the lead end of verse 6. Because we have to remember, Paul wrote this letter to the church in Philippi as a letter. There weren't verse markers or headings or any of that stuff. That all came hundreds of years later when editors did it to make it easier for us to, to read and to study and to understand. So looking at it that way, let your gentleness be evident to all. Let your gentleness be evident also. I'm calm, right? I'm in the storm. I'm gentle. I'm calm. You're just be able to calm. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. And because he is near, don't be anxious about anything. Uh, I've told you before, I, I grew up in the Pearland area, went to Pearland schools. And uh, when I was at Pearland Intermediate School, way back then, that's a long time ago, uh, I was in athletics. I played football, played basketball, was on, ran track. But I wasn't what you would consider a tough guy. So I know you find that hard to believe looking at me now and all those kinds of things, but I, w I was not a tough guy. I was more the fun, laugh loud, big personality, everybody's your buddy kind of guy. That was more me. So over the course, there were still a couple of guys that I just never really clicked with for some reason that just never seemed to like me. And so one of these guys, a little bigger than me, he was one of those guys that when I was coming down the hall and he was coming down the other way, I knew he was going to give me the business. I just knew it. He was either going to say something mean to me or he was going to bump into me or push me or something. Now, it wasn't like he was taking me out back and beating me up. I wasn't afraid to walk down the hall, but it was one of those things where I just dreaded it. Every time I saw him coming, I dreaded it. And one particular day, we're having an encounter, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm actually up against the wall over here on the hall, you know, trying to just run out of room to get away. And I look over past this way to my right, and I see Ralph Tovar. Ralph Tovar was a tough guy. I mean, dude, seriously, muscles coming out of his shirt, had a mustache. That dude was a man. He was a man in eighth grade. So... <laughs> You know, and, and Ralph was tough, and he was our running back, and nobody messed with Ralph. And the deal is this, Ralph was awesome. We had a couple of classes together. He had a great smile. He loved to laugh. We were really good friends. And so I'm like, I see him. I'm going, hey, Ralph, Ralph, come here for a second. And Ralph comes right over. He sees what's happened. He steps in front of me, between me and this other guy. He's like, hey, we got a problem here? We got a problem? We need to go outside? And the guy's like, no, we're cool. 
And so I will tell you again, I never again had to dread walking down that hall because I knew and that guy knew that Ralph was near. And I'm just saying that if having Ralph near gave me that kind of peace, how much more so can having the God of the universe, the creator of earth, the moon, the stars, and everything we've ever known to have him near? That's why I love verse 5 as a lead into verse 6. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. All right, let's dive into verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. Let's start right there. Every situation. What does that mean? It means every situation. Every, any, each and every, all sorts of, the whole kit and caboodle, the whole enchilada, the whole ball of wax, lock, stock, and barrel, hook, line, and sinker. Get the picture. All of it. Every situation. So the question becomes, your situation, what you're in right now, yes, if it's big enough for you to worry about, it's big enough for you to pray about. And if it's on your mind, then it's on God's heart. Every situation. Man, Howard, my kid, he's making so many bad choices. I just don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what's going to happen. It's like he's not listening. I worry about him all the time. My wife lost her job. It's been a few weeks. We're already scrambling. We're having problems. She hasn't been able to find anything. How long is it going to go? Is she ever going to get another job? What are we going to do? My mother just keeps getting worse and worse and worse, and she needs so much help, and I just don't have the time to take care of her and to do all the other things that I need to do. What in the world do I do? It's almost summer again. I don't have my flood insurance. I can't afford it. It's all do it one time. Is Harvey coming again this year? What happens if Harvey comes again? The check engine light is on again? Oh, my gosh. Am I even going to be able to get home tonight? I don't have much money to spend on this. I can't, sure can't afford a new car. What am I going to do? In every situation, Paul says, we're not supposed to be anxious. We're not supposed to be anxious then what are we supposed to do instead? Paul gives us a plan. We could even call it a formula, if you will, about how we're supposed to proceed. Look at this. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Present your request to God. Present your request to God. What does that mean? That means that we pray. It means that we, that we talk to God every time in every situation. That should always be our first response. When we feel anxious about something, when we, that's our signal. That's our signal that something is just not right. And when we feel worried and when we feel all tied up about something, that's our signal that it's time to pray. Many times I think it's the last thing we think of. I, mean, I, just, I guess there's nothing else left to do but pray. It's often our last resort. It should be our first resort. And here's the question, why do we do that? Why do we do that? Why do we get it backwards? Why don't we pray? I'm sure there's lots of reasons. I put a couple of blanks on your listening guide because I want to dive into just a couple. The first one is this, stubbornness, stubbornness. You know what I mean? Maybe we're thinking, hey, uh, I, I can handle this. I can handle this thing all by myself. It's my problem. I'll be the one that fixes it. 
Maybe we're thinking, yeah, this isn't a spiritual issue. This isn't a God thing. This is a money thing, a family thing, a work thing. But as we've seen in the first part of our verse, God cares about what? He cares about everything. Or maybe we think that uh, God's just got a lot more important things to do to worry about little old Howard and his little old problems. Let's look what Luke chapter 12 says. It says, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Our problems, the things that stress us, that give us anxiety, listen to me here, are never too small or too insignificant for God to care about. And that's so important, I'm going to say it again. They are never too small never too insignificant for God to care about. We're just being stubborn. Don't. Don't be stubborn. Second one is this. Ignorance. Ignorance. And by that, I mean, maybe we just don't know how to talk to God. Maybe it just seems too daunting to have a conversation with the God of the universe about my problems. And even thinking about your anxieties and talking to God about them causes you even more stress. Well, what if I don't do it right? What if I don't say it right? What if I say the wrong thing? Seriously, is it in your name I pray or his name I pray or in Jesus' name I pray? I don't know. Am I supposed to be all reverent and bust out my King James? Am I supposed to talk to him like he's just some dude that lives down the street? That doesn't feel right either. Let me say this. I think prayer stress can be a real thing. I really do. But let me tell you this. The Bible says we don't even need words. The Bible says we don't even need words, that he knows the desires of our heart. But he wants us to bring our needs and our anxieties to him. He wants us to be honest and authentic with him. And all he asks is that we trust him and that we come to him in humility. Look what 1 Peter 5 says. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Come humble, because he wants to lift you up. He wants to pick us up. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. So we come to him humble, he raises us up, and he wants us to cast, to throw all of our cares on him. As Paul has shown us, this should always be our first step. Always, always, we bring our anxieties to God. Maybe today you're thinking, Howard, I already do that. Guess what? It's not working. It's not working. And you find yourself getting frustrated, and you are just so sick and tired of other Christians saying, pray harder, pray harder, just bathe that thing in prayer. And now you kind of have this lack of peace in your life. And it's begun to kind of chip away at the confidence, your confidence in prayer, even being able to help your situation at all. Maybe it's even caused you to quit praying. And if that's you, if that's you, stick with me. Stick with me, stick with me, stick with me today. Because what I want to tell you is, is that maybe, just maybe, you've been doing it wrong because you don't know how. And so what we're going to do is we're going to let the Apostle Paul show all of us how to bring our anxieties to God. So let's go back to our verse, and I want you to circle three words. 
I want you to circle prayer, petition, and request. Prayer, petition, and request. Now, the interesting thing about these three words is that each of them can be translated in the Greek as prayer. Each of them, each of the three words. Do you find that odd? I mean, why would the Apostle Paul write one sentence and use three different words that mean prayer? Why not just pick one? He did that because embedded in the definitions of these three words is a process. A process for how we're going to pray for our anxieties. I reached deep into my bag of creative wordplay and came up with the title, Paul's Process of Praying. All right, I didn't dig that deep. All right, but uh, that's where we are. The first one is prayer. Prayer. And you can see I got the Greek word out to the side. Uh, this one is pronounced prosuhe. Prosuhe. And the best way to explain this would be describing our approach to prayer, or as we wrote right here in this sentence, I know you can help. I know you can help. So if you remember last week, uh, we learned that God is both good and in control. So it's not like we're looking for help from someone who's incapable or incompetent. This is God. <laughs> he is large and in charge. Nothing is beyond him. Nothing's above him. Nothing's too big for him or causes him to run and hide. He is the one. He is the one who can get it done. And we come before him acknowledging that and acknowledging who he is. There's a story in, in Mark chapter 10 where Jesus is in Jericho, and he comes across a blind man who's unable to provide or do anything for himself named Bartimaeus. And so Bartimaeus' whole life existed of him sitting by the side of the road and, and begging. Now imagine that for just for a second. You never know where your next meal's coming from, never know where you're staying the night. So he's there, he's doing what he does every day, he's begging, and all of a sudden he hears the hubbub. He hears all the commotion. He's like, what's up? Who's coming? Who is this about? And he finds out it's Jesus who's approaching. And so he begins to shout. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. By calling him son of David, he was acknowledging that Jesus was the Messiah, the promised one. Bartimaeus was calling out to Jesus knowing that Jesus was the one, the one who could help him. Prosuhe. The next word I had you circle was petition. Now, petition, the Greek word is deesis, deesis. And the best explanation is that you're now requesting something from someone, or as we wrote here, I need your help. I need your help. So now you can feel that focus kind of tightening, can't you? The first word's all about our approach to prayer. And then this word is about actually making our plea. Please help me. Help me, Obi-Wan. You're my only hope. So in the story, it says that people start to rebuke him now. So they're telling Bartimaeus, shh, be quiet. Quit bothering Jesus. But he continued to shout, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Just over and over and over again. Can you picture that? He's just screaming, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, help me, help me. So if we diagram what's going on here, it would look like this. This outer layer here is prayer, this first level. This is our approach to God. We're acknowledging who he is, saying, I know that you can help. And then the second level, petition is saying, God, I need your help. And then it takes us to the third level, which is request. And that's itema, itema. Or it could be, I ask for something specific. I ask for something specific. 
So you are now being very definitive and specific in your prayer. On our chart, it would be here. It would be right in the middle. So Paul is telling us he wants us to move, look, from here to here. He wants us to move from general to specific. More than help me, help me, help me. You tell God exactly what is making you anxious and specifically what you need from him. Now, I'll be honest with you. I often live here. I do. That's why I said I'm preaching to the preacher. But here's my question for you today. Are your prayers not effective enough because they're not specific enough? Look at how Max Lucado explains it in his book. It is one thing to pray, Lord, please bless my meeting tomorrow. It is another thing to pray, Lord, I have a conference with my supervisor at 2 p.m. tomorrow, and she intimidates me. Would you please grant me a spirit of peace so I can sleep well tonight? Grant me wisdom so I can enter the meeting prepared. And would you soften her heart toward me and give her a generous spirit? Help us have a gracious conversation in which both of us benefit and your name is honored. And right there, you have reduced your anxiety to a prayer size challenge. But I also have a word for you. Watch out. Watch out. Here comes a warning. I am not endorsing in any way demanding prayers. And I think you know what I'm talking about. That's where, we, that's where we presume to tell God exactly what we want and exactly how we want it and exactly what time frame we want it in. I am not doing that at all. Lord, please know that's not what I'm doing. I'm talking about merely presenting the things that give us worry and anxiety and asking him to do what only he can do in those situations. There's not some magic formula to our prayer. Uh, there's not some specific power in our words or in our, our presentation. Because here's the truth. We can't impress or manipulate God with our words. He is way too big for that. But we are his children, and he loves us. And we show him honor when we share with him exactly what we need from him. I told you before, I've got three sons. They're mostly all grown, but they still call me all the time for help. Sometimes it's advice. Sometimes they need to borrow something. Sometimes they need my help doing something. And, and, and I find honor in the fact that they still look to me as an authority and as a person who can help them. I will admit, one of them, I won't say which one, dude doesn't call me unless his hair's on fire, man. Last second, it's... Uh, I'm like, dude, could have called a couple days ago, but could have done something. But that's, that's another sermon. But the same is true for God. It brings him honor when we come to him and request his help. So back to our story, to Bartimaeus. So after Bartimaeus sitting there screaming and screaming and screaming and screaming, what happens? Jesus finally gets his attention, and Jesus calls him over. Jesus calls him over. So let's see what happens. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Can you picture this? I mean, dude's been sitting there and screaming and screaming and screaming for Jesus. Finally gets his attention. Jesus calls him over. He throws off his cloak. He jumps to his feet. Does he walk? Is he running? Is he stumbling? Is he pushing through the crowd? Because there was always a crowd around Jesus. But he finally gets to him. And then what does Jesus say to him? This is my favorite part. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. 
What do you want me to do? What do you think Bartimaeus thought when he said that? What do you think the disciples thought? Jesus, you noticed the guy was blind, right? Yes, he noticed. Trust me, he noticed. Jesus never asked a question for himself because he already knows. It's always for the person that he asked the question to. And so Bartimaeus answers him. The blind man says, Jesus, I want to see. So finally, all of his prayers, anxieties, problems, worries, all of that boiled down to this one prayer-sized challenge. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Get specific with your request. The more you pray specifically for the things that are causing you anxiety, the more God can ease your anxiety. Here's a few other benefits I've got to praying specifically. I left you a few blanks down there at the bottom. The first one is this. It gets to the root problem. Gets to the root problem. Now, that's one thing. If I come to him and I, and I say, God, please, I'm anxious about work. It's another thing if I say I'm anxious because of this project that my team is working on. And if it fails, it's going to look bad on me. It really is. And I'm worried everybody's going to think I'm not good enough or smart enough to be here. I don't deserve my position. But God, help me to realize that my worth is not defined by my work success. It is not defined by man, but by you, God. Help me to remember that. There's a big difference in those two prayers. The next one is this. It sets a serious tone. Sets a serious tone. Let's say you're out and about. You run into somebody you haven't seen in a while, friend, acquaintance, and you say, hey, man, it's great to see you. How are things going with you? And they go, well, you know, not bad. I've got some stuff going on. I'd love to talk to you about it. Maybe I can send you an email or something, and we can set something up. Maybe go have some coffee or some lunch or something. I'll let you know. And you're like, cool. Let me know. That's pretty vague, isn't it? And then you get in the car and you're driving home. You're like, dude, I wonder what was going on with that guy today. But if you ran into somebody and you say, hey, man, I haven't seen you in a while. How are things going with you? And they say, you know what? I'm having a real problem at work. I would love to get your advice about it. If you're willing, can I come over this Friday night, say around 7? I promise I won't need more than about an hour of your time. Now you know they're serious. And now you know they're sincerely wanting to talk to you about what they need. God's the same way. God is the same way. He knows the same thing. When we're, when we're serious and specific, he knows that we're being sincere. Last one, grows our faith in God's goodness. Grows our faith in God's goodness. So if you pray for specific things, and then you see God answer it in specific ways, it helps to grow your faith. That makes sense, right? When we're vague and generic, I think there's this huge natural tendency to think that it was just chance or luck or happenstance when something that we've prayed for actually comes to pass. But specific prayers, 
Keep the focus on God. There's a great story in Genesis 24 about a very specific prayer. It's from Abraham's servant, and uh, this guy was definitely feeling some anxiety. Um, Abraham's a father of Israel. He's old, doesn't have much time left, and he knows it. But he needs to find a wife for his son Isaac. And the thing is, they're living in a foreign land, and he doesn't want to pick someone who's living there. He wants someone back from their homeland back and traveling back to Mesopotamia. So he calls his servant in. He said, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go back to my homeland and find God's desired wife for Isaac and bring her back here. So, you know, as you can imagine, if someone tasked you with that, I'm supposed to go to another country, find the one God-desired wife, and bring her back to not only my master, but my next master, Isaac. And, and he's in full freak out, and then he, to the point that he's like, what do I do if I ask her and she doesn't come? You know, I mean, he's really, he, he's freaking out. So, but he does what Paul says to do. His very first thought is to give it to God. And following is a, a, a very specific prayer. Then he prayed, Lord God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing beside the spring and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a young woman, please let down your jar that I may have a drink. And she says, drink and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one that you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. That's a super specific prayer, isn't it? Check this out. Very next verse. Before he had finished praying, Rebecca came out with her jar on her shoulder. As you can imagine, the story goes on. Rebecca says the word. He takes her back to Abraham and Isaac. But here's the question. Is there any doubt in his mind that God was the one that answered that prayer request? No. Because when we are specific, that's when we can truly see God at work. That's when we can truly see it. So as we said earlier, everybody has times of anxiety and worry. So what do we do? What do we do when we begin to feel it? You know that feeling where you start to get tight and you can feel it. How are you going to respond in that moment? I believe that we have to remember the promises of God. And because he is a good, loving, caring, all-powerful God, it's okay. It is okay to remind him of those promises when we pray. You see this, he told Isaiah the prophet, he said, put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. So God has invited you. We could even say commanded you to remind him of his promises when you pray. To begin your request with the phrase, you said. Now I'll tell you, as a parent, parents, you with me, you hate that, don't you? Because usually my kids would only say that to me when I was unable to follow through on something I had promised them. But here's the truth is that God is never unable and God is never unwilling to do what he has promised. You can do it. You said, God. You said you would walk with me through deep waters. You said you would lead me through the valley of the shadow of death. You said you would never leave me or forsake me. You said you'd be my shield. You said you would strengthen me. You said you would help me. You said you would save me. You said you would give me rest. 
You said, God, and because I believe that you are who you say you are, I humbly submit my request to you. Listen to me. Prayers of faith touch the heart of God. Angels spring into action. Miracles are set in motion. And you don't know when the answer will come. But you know because you gave it to a God who loves you, you know that it will come. You know that it will come. The path towards peace paved with prayer, sincere prayer, heartfelt prayer, specific prayers that acknowledge God as the only one who can answer those prayers. More prayer, less worry. More trusting God thoughts, fewer anxious thoughts. And as you present your request to God, you will begin to feel less anxiety and experience more fully the peace of God that guards our hearts and our minds. If you would, stand with me. If you've never taken that first step, you've never started that journey, you're not connected with the Savior of the universe, then, then, then you need to do that today. Don't put that off any longer. Everything else builds on that one decision. And so we're going to have prayer partners down the front. I know them all. They're great folks. They're super nice. They love to talk to you and pray with you and answer questions and anything you need. Come on down and get some prayer. Or maybe you're like I was discussing earlier and, and you, you have some things going on and you've kind of lost that prayer element in your life. Please come on down. Get some prayer. Reconnect with God on the things that are causing you stress and worry. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do acknowledge you, God. And we ask, Lord, help us to realize that you are the one. That you are the, the remedy to the, the things that ail us, God. But we know that we have to bring our needs to you. So through prayer and petition, may we present our request to you, Lord. May we trust you. May we remember your promises. May we find the peace that comes from resting in you. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do, Lord, and we thank you for your great, great love for us. It is in your name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, thank you so much for being here. Have a great rest of the day. Have a good week. See you next week. If you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, share with friends and family, or let us know by tagging us at New Hope Church TV on social media. We would love to connect with you. Thanks for listening.